Today on Lockdown Red Wings, we bring on Max Boltman of The Athletic to break down a prospect profile on Austrian center Marco Casper. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I'm a producer over at 97 on the ticket. Well, Scotty is host at Lockdown Tigers as well as a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. And today, back-to-back episodes, big shoes to fill, Max. You're coming on a day after Prashanth was on. And uh, Max Boltman, Detroit Red Wings beat writer for The Athletic. First of all, Max, how you doing? How are things? How excited are you to be here on a scale of 1 to 10 and why is it 10? <laughs> Well, it's got to be a 10, except for I, there's no chance I can fill Prashant's shoes. So that's always <laughs> intimidating. I, uh, yeah, no, that, that's nobody. Can he he that, came so. in a tank top. Let me tell you, he, he rolled up in a <laughs> chest hair and all just tank top. In it. He, was he probably just got, I don't know if people know this, that Prashant boxes. So really? Yeah. So he probably had just gotten done with wow. boxing. He said and, that it was like a, yeah. over 100 degrees in North Carolina. So he's just like, I'm not even unapologetically, man. I just, I got to rock this tank. <laughs> well, Detroit Tigers there's, tank that, there's that too. Yeah, there's that too. Uh, a little fun fact. Scotty, or me and Prashant were rocking more Detroit Tigers gear than the host of Lockdown Tigers on yesterday's episode. Wow. So, uh, you know, I know. You know come true. to your conclusions on that one. Uh, <laughs> well, maybe right, they're yeah. just so worn down because it's been a little bit of a rough go for them. Not a little bit. It's been an extremely rough go for it, them. It, that, that's my excuse. I'm 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 that tired of them. Yes, it's been a, it's been a rough. It's one. only sixty games. They got another hundred to turn around. Come on. Now. Yeah, yeah, and, and and I've done a show after all sixty games, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> and and you're pretty encouraged after the first sixty that that's coming. Oh. How could you not be, you know? Ryle Green's going to get called up, and they're, he's going to hit 50 bombs here on out, and the the Tigers are going to make the playoffs. Division winners, I'm calling it now. That's 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 the hey, reality. Let's see you, it. Let's you, see you, it. You have that on air now. We don't. So <laughs> there you go. All right. Uh, Max, we have you on today to help us break down another prospect profile. I believe this is our, now our fourth one, and we kind of been letting our guests choose the guy that they want to break down just because everyone's got the guy that they they seem to like. And you have a few guys you like, but you came to the table with Marco Casper. And I said, hell yeah, six foot two center out of, you know, the SHL. I played for, I'm going to try and pronounce this properly, Rugel, Rogel. I know there's yeah. like one time I, I, I talked to, I don't want to sound the alarm, but I spoke to Hakan Anderson uh, at LCA one time. He came in to buy some stuff and I was like, okay, how do I pronounce it? And he, he tried to walk me through it. I couldn't get there. I couldn't do it. It's, it it's, was the, it's the two dots over the O that, that'll get you. But it, I it, say it Rogla. So, but I, I think it's probably Rogla. No. I, I think you were close. I think that's yeah. almost how he, how he pronounced it. But anyways, back on topic. Marco Casper, 18-year-old out of Austria. Austrian-born, six foot two, 187 uh, pounds, left-handed shot. He is a center. And this past season, he started, correct me if I'm wrong, he started out with the U-20 team. And then made his jump to the SHL professional uh, team where he had 11 points in 46 games. And then in the playoffs, six points in 13 games. Not quite that linear. Like he, he, he was a full-timer for the SHL team. It's just the way that this is one of the beautiful things of the way Swedish hockey is structured as you can, it's, it's all one organization. So if it's a long week and you want to send your guy, your, your, your 17, 18 year old oh, down sure. to play with the, with the juniors, you can do that. So he played, uh, 
I don't know exactly whether that was a circumstance or whether they sent him down mid-season kind of thing, but I think he was pretty wire to wire, like starting with like the Champions League in, in the late summer. I'm pretty sure he was wire to wire with him. Yeah, and so like you you went over to Sweden at one point during the season. Was this one of the players that you got a chance to see? That's my biggest regret is that I, I went to Angleholm, which is where Rugla is, um, but I went on an off day because I, I scheduled my trip around the Fralunda kids that the Red Wings have. And Makes so sense. like they played on this, they play on the same days in that league. And so I, what I should have done is I should have skipped the middle Furlanda game and gone to the Rugla game. I would have been able to see Wallander. I would have been able to see Casper. Um, I think that would have been very smart of me. Unfortunately, I'm not very smart and I didn't <laughs> do that. So I, I was in his arena, but uh, he wasn't, he, he wasn't on the ice. He wasn't there. So I don't think anyone My can bad. fault you for wanting to watch three straight, three for Lunda games though. And, and just watch Simon Edvinson at work. I don't think anyone yeah. can blame you there. No, it, it, it was good. It was worth it. Um, I, I saw a lot of good stuff, but you know, if you were going to redo that trip, that's the number one, that's where you'd start. Right. Fair so. enough. So this is the guy that you wanted to come on and talk about, uh, a guy who's projected to be outside the top 10 on a lot of a lot of boards. But you have him and you actually posted an article about it on the 13th, which would have been Monday as we record this on Tuesday evening um, about making the case for Marco Casper at number eight. Um, kind of give us, I guess, in the end, give us a little bit of a synopsis. What do you like out of Marco Casper that would make the Red Wings? I won't say reach, but, you know, go up there and grab a guy that maybe not maybe most people aren't expecting to go in the top 10. Well, I, I guess, first of all, I'd say like our Corey Prodman, one of our prospectors has him ninth. Right. And and so I, I don't think it's as crazy of a, of a reach. Like I think I personally think Casper will go top 12 to 13, my guess. And I, I really feel like he's a really strong candidate for the Red Wings um, right there at eight. That's probably the start of his range, but um, you never know. And, and when you have a six foot one center who skates the way that he does, who competes the way that he does, um, NHL teams are going to like that. I, I can understand, you know, if, if you want to, we can skip ahead a little bit uh, to what the questions will be. Is like how much, what's his point production going to look like in the NHL? I get that, but I think there's a lot of really good elements. Like, you know, and I think he is a skilled player. I think there's going to be offense. I, I, I think he's already started to demonstrate offense in the, in the SHL playoffs. And, and he had a really nice assist at the world championships against team USA. Um, it's one of the perils of these guys who in their draft year play against men as professionals is that they're not going to put up the 60, 70, 80, 90 point numbers that you're going to find in, in the North American junior leagues. But I think if you just look at the tools there, you are going to see maybe not dynamic offense, but plenty of translatable offensive skills in just a really complete, well-rounded, in my opinion, package is, is, he, I mean, he's played a lot of center. Clearly, is there any like winger potential there? Is like the size maybe like he he's like he's gonna be a center, whether anybody likes it or not, or they're gonna try every possible way they can to make sure he stays a center. I guess he played on the wing this year, but I I think that's more of like that tends to be kind of how you break in young sure. centers to pro thing. hockey, right? Yeah. Like that's kind of what Larkin did. I think he's a center. I'm, I'm sure you could find people who say, hey, play him on the wing, whatever. Um, and and it's obviously you know. There's very few like slam dunk, no doubt centers um, sure. in, in the world, but I see him that way. I think, I, I think my expectation is he will play at least some center in Rugla next year. And I, I see him that I think he was that on his way up. So that's what I see him as. Obviously there's, I think anyone, you could probably find some potential that they switch to the wing though. So Red Wing fans have been kind of spoiled in a way by a lot of our recent top 10 draft picks. Obviously more et cetera. It did take a couple of years. COVID was a factor in that from to get here, but when he got here, 
he was great. Lucas Raymond spent what what he got drafted in 19. He made his debut in 2021. Uh, Simon Edmondson, D plus one year, looked fantastic. He was a finalist for Rookie of the Year over in the SHL. What kind of timeline do you think a guy like a Marco Casper would have compared to guys like that? Obviously, taken a lot later in the draft than well, Sider was taken sixth overall, but then some of these guys. But what kind of timeline do you think that a guy like Marco Casper would have to make it to the NHL level? Would he be a guy that just takes a little bit longer? I don't know. I, I think his game is pretty project. Like that's the fact that he's playing with pros already it would give you some confidence. I'm not saying it's like one year and then he's in, um, but it's it's at least possible. Like you know, I, I think one or two more years outside the NHL, and I would think by you know the start of that, I guess it'd be the 24, 25 season probably. I, I would feel pretty good about it, but it certainly could be sooner and. Um, you never know, but it, it's just all development. To me, once you're already playing with pros, you've made the you've started to make the biggest leap, and and then from there, you know the S- SHL and the AHL are different leagues. The NHL and the AHL are different leagues, but the the core of you know how to play with and against men, I think, is a is a big one. I just, Do you not want to go to an ad break here? No. <laughs> oh, we can. We can. I was curious if you had another one. No. Smooth segue, I mean, I guys. Do, but watch on Red Wings as professionals. Uh, with the ever increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you ever need. Winder often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to RockAuto.com at, at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from your chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could need brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts you will ever need. RockAuto.com. Segment two, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Uh, we are joined by Max Boltman, the Detroit Red Wings beat writer for The Athletic, and he is breaking down the profile of uh, Marco Casper with us, who played this past year with Rugla. I'm not going to get that by the end of the episode. I just know I'm not. Uh, of the SHL. It's not the long sound. Rugla. Rugla. I, I think that's it's, pretty it's, close. Rugla. I, it's not gonna. You don't happen. have to lie to him, man. No, that was terrible, bro. <laughs> Thanks, Scotty. Scotty, Scotty keeps me humble. He brings me down to earth. Um, Max, we talked a lot about what you know, what he brings to the table. But what are some areas you think that Marco Casper has to improve on as far as being a player? Well, I, I think you'd like to see kind of the hands probably pop a bit more and just a little bit more of the dynamic offense. You know, I, I will say one of the comments that stood out to me in my. Uh, making the case for article was, was a comment from the GM there in Angleholm. And he said, you know, one thing that, that he's really good at is wanting to get better, knowing how to get better, that, it, that his willingness and ability to, to improve is, is really strong. And I'm, I'm paraphrasing a little bit there, but um, you know, that to me is, is a skill, right? Being able to get better is a skill. It's, it's not just, you know, you're, you're fixed at where you at and you're on this one trajectory until the end of your career. Like, and, and if that's the case, Hey, maybe, maybe he can, kind of allay that concern. But right now, if you were going to say, what's the weakness? It's, I don't know what the point totals are going to look like. My counter to that, like, and again, the, the point of these articles is to make the case for, so mm-hmm. it, they always kind of have, they raise the question and they usually give you some optimism for why that could work out. Um, in, in my case, that would probably be, hey, 
let's look at the, the number two center on the team that is going for a three-peat right now, and that's Anthony Sorelli. Um, you know, what's his career high? 44, 45 points? Like, I don't I don't know that you need to have a 70-point guy as long as they're a really well-rounded, really complete player. Now, Sorelli's, to me, a future Selkie winner. If, if Marco Casper's not a future Selkie winner, then, you know, you're going to want, obviously, a little more production as the trade-off there. But um, I, these are all kind of the conversations that you're going to have. I just think he's a really well-rounded, good hockey player, and I think he, he's going to really help a team win with, with how hard he plays, with how fast he can play, and the fact that, yes, he does have skill, even if it's not – you know, on the level of like a Logan Cooley, for example, who I'm sure would be the dream pick if you're Detroit. There's no chance he's getting to them at eight, but um, something like that. I, I just think he's a really complete player. So, I mean, with com- all of that that you just talked about, like the defensive end then as a center, I mean, we, you know, we, we heard it a lot in the in the Blashill era especially, but I think just as a whole we're looking for a lot more like two-way, you know, one end to one end kind of kind of guys and and do you think that he falls under that bill then yeah i do i you know and i i think every team's looking for those kind of guys i think you look at the playoffs right now you know yes colorado is this crazy offensive team but you you can't tell me nathan mckinnon nazem Kadri aren't two-way players right like those guys are full ice like that's what it takes to win in the nhl You, you can't just get by on you know, fly in the zone and hoping somebody hits you with a stretch pass and, and finishing it, you know, and the, you watch Connor McDavid in these playoffs. And I think you saw a, a new level of commitment to playing the full game, you know, full ice game from him obviously didn't always look the most natural when, when he was having to defend that guy's the guy who a lot of his best defensive attributes are just how good he can be on the puck, how good he can help force turnovers in the offensive zone. But any level of winning in the NHL takes you to be able to play a, a complete game. Yeah, so when it comes to Marco Casper, totally blanked on his name there for a second. Um, you said it in your article here, as I, ha- I have it up right next to me, you know, when referring to him as a, as a comparable, not a comparable, but hoping to get somebody like Anthony Sorelli, you mentioned that he is helped by the fact that he's got great teammates around him, like Braden Point, Steven Stamkos, and a complete roster. Do you see Marco Casper as more of a, a support piece for a core or part of a core couldn't be a part of a, the core itself do you not think anthony sorelli is part of the core in tampa i do i'm just i'm raising the question well i, I mean it, I, I get it it's fair like he, i don't see him as a superstar if that's yeah. what you mean right like yes. i don't see him as a lucas raymond level dylan larkin level player but i don't think your core is only restricted to your superstars like i i would yeah. put sorelli as a core piece in tampa um it, but it you know it, it's a number i project him as a number two center i guess is the way to say it right like i don't think he's going to be dylan larkin but i think he can be your number two center and i think he can be a really important piece of what you do and you know obviously like we're focusing on casper here i don't want to make it seem like i think this is the only candidate in the world right like i think frank sure. nazar can check a lot of these boxes too and i know that's a guy you guys did in depth with prashant and um that's for good reason. Like that he's a really good player and he probably has a little more of that offensive um, sizzle to his game that at least that he's shown so far. And again, you can come back to how much of it is because Nazar played against juniors and and college at the NTDP. They do a good job with that Um, versus Casper against pros. Like you can come back to that, but the the reality is I'd say from what I've seen so far, Nazar's made a few more kind of those high end plays, but he's a five ten center. Casper's a six one center. I think, you know, when I look at how they kind of both, they're both good competitive kids. They both play a a, a direct style, all that stuff. But I have seen Casper really, really win battles against pros and 
that goes a long way with me. So again, like superstar, I don't think so, but I, I don't think that precludes you from being a, a core piece, a big piece of what you're doing. Yeah, that, that's totally. And, and like looking at offensively, you know, we, we've talked this whole time about maybe his point totals won't be so high, whatever, like what, what are his best strengths and attributes then on the offensive side that could, as he goes forward, could continue to shine through. Well, it's, it's ability to win battles, win pucks, win around the net, finish around the net. You know, he's not afraid to take a puck hard to the net. He's very fast. I think his skating gets a little underrated. Um, and he does have pucks. Like, he's shown them. I, I feel like that gets glossed over because the the competitive traits are, and, and the skating are probably kind of the, the bigger things. But it's not like this guy can't handle the puck. We're not talking about somebody with stone hands here, right? Like, it's he's a, he's a well-rounded player. It's just, is it? dynamic right and and yes. that's you know i get it we're talking about the top 10 people want the sexiest possible sure. package there you know but to me like it, it it's the sum of all the parts and when i look at the sum of all the parts there is going to be offense because he can skate the puck to the net he can shoot the puck he can you know carry the puck hard and, and get it to a, a good angle he can tip pucks he, he had a nice uh, highlight this year where he kind of had a between the legs net front goal a la kind of what Elmer Soderblom did at the World Juniors a couple years ago. Like, it, this is not a player who you're just relying on to, to tip pucks and bang rebounds, but the fact that he can do all that stuff is a good thing, not a bad yeah. thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So, like, let's let's so get away from Marco Casper a little bit then as a whole, like still kind of generally about that eighth overall pick, though. If, it's, if you're like Steve Eisman, I asked Prashant the same thing yesterday. Um, if you were Steve Eisman and you're looking at that eighth overall pick, are you prioritizing? And I know a lot of philosophies generally are you take the best player available and generally that works out. But are, do you think that the Red Wings need to have maybe an increased focus on the forward group? They've had a, they've had a focus on defense the last few years, uh, getting, you know, Wallander early in the second round, Simon Edmondson, more, et cetera. Obviously they take Lucas Raymond in 2019, but or 2020 draft, I believe it was. Yes. Yes. Okay. I'm trying to remember my years in my head, but do you think the Red Wings need to t- have an, an increased focus on that two C role because it, that the four depth is an issue that needs to be addressed as well? Yes, I do. I mean, my kind of rule of thumb on I, I think that the best player available versus need argument that happens every single year is kind of a fake argument. Like it's just not it's not really honest because it's oversimplified on both ends, right? Like. The, the best player can mean a lot of different things. And to me, I would say there is a value question there that makes that really um, – that turns it on its head and I think makes it more practical. But my main thing is like you, you should care what positions your farm system lacks. That matters, right? Mm-hmm. What I wouldn't do is I wouldn't drop like a whole tier. Like if I could get a first-pair defenseman, for example, I would do that over the center, right? And I don't think that's going to happen, but it could, right? Like if, if one of those top D, you're a checker, Nemitz drops, I don't think that's going to happen. That would be a situation where you would say, well, it would have been great to get the 2C, but this is a top pair D, we got to do it. That's so valuable, right? To me, centers are more valuable than wingers because if you need a top six winger at any time, you can trade for one, you can sign one, they will be available to you right. on every available market, right? It may not be the exact guy you're envisioning, but you can get a guy who can fill that role really well. It's going to cost money or it's going to cost assets, but you can get them. If you wanted to go find a top line center, maybe a top six center, but like ideally a top line center, um, good luck. I mean, this year on the free agent market, 
I think there's probably two second line centers realistically um, available. And we'll see what happens with like an Evgeny Malkin, obviously, but um, Andrew Kopp and, and Vincent Trocek, pretty much the, the two C's. And Andrew Kopp may extend to New York before it even gets to free agency. Right. And then you got one and you're in a bidding war. And are you going to go five years, six years? You're going to be asked to make these um, decisions on, on a guy when he may be the only one available. There's just not many centers who become available to you as a GM. And so to me, if you're in a position to draft a guy who you think is going to be that, you should do it because that's the more valuable pick. Even if you think the other guy might score a few more points, you're, the the cost of replacing a, a comparable player or replacing him with a comparable player in free agency or trade is just going to be less than it would be for a second line center, in my opinion. Yeah, th- yeah. that's good. That's really good stuff too, um, because you're completely right. It's worst case scenario too. You draft a center that doesn't look like it can be a center. There's a potential there to also transition them to wing. Now it's not always a one for one thing, but it's a lot easier to trans- transition a center to a wing than a wing to a center. We saw you just mentioned it in the first segment that you saw that Marco Casper was playing wing this year in the SHL as part of his developmental process. So a lot of these guys go through phases where they play wing before they play center. So it's easy to go from center to wing, but you can't really draft draft a wing and have them transition to center. So I really like that philosophy there. Um, I got to get to another read here, but when we come back, I have one more question about uh, the draft as a whole, and then we'll move into some more just like generic offseason stuff because I want to get your opinion on some of it. Um, but today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your sports betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including this year's basketball championship matchup, the Stanley Cup final, Major League Baseball, and of course, the latest fighting news from MMA and UFC to boxing. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sport wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline. Where the game starts. Segment three, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Um, Scotty, before I ask this final question, did you have anything else you want to ask about the uh, about the draft, the number eight well, overall pick? Yeah, I mean, the the only thing I had, and and we kind of talked about it with we've talked about asked a few different people, but you know, when when you talk about value like that, do you think that there is then potential value in moving? I guess up or down, I guess in my head, I was thinking back, but I, I mean, I guess it, there's a reality we're moving up could be the best value too. Do you think that in this draft that there's, um, that, that there's potentially better value doing one of those two things than staying at eight? I don't know. I mean, like it, obviously it always just depends on the situation, you know, For like sure. it's, it's, you know, if you're, if you were the Red Wings and you said, okay, yeah, you'd probably find a, a center better, you know, higher in the draft, but it's going to cost you money to to move right. up. You know what I mean? Um, and yeah, you could pick up an extra pick or two and move back, but and you know, get more dart throws. And I've had that conversation with with friends and very smart friends, and um, I, I see the logic in that too. My counter has been and would be: Do the Red Wings need more depth, or do they need more? upper half of the lineup pieces. And are you more likely to find an upper lineup piece earlier or with the extra, you know, moving back and getting an extra dart throw, but knowing that that extra dart throw comes in the second round where you're sure. inherently unlikely to, to find that guy. So, um, right. It's all I, dart throws, no, you know, and no yeah. matter what versus right. For sure. And we see historically 
teams typically decide if they're in the top 10, I'm just going to make my pick. It just doesn't really happen. You don't really see much trading up within the top 10. But is there value to be had one way or the other? It just depends on what the circumstances. I I would think the the play is to just stay put. But, you know, if the right thing comes along, you can think about it, obviously. Well, and when I when I spoke with Jake Rivard this past week on Friday, one of the things he he mentioned as like a, a big tipping point for what the Red Wings do this offseason is who's going to be their head coach. I mean, the head coach is going to have a, is going to have an impact on the direction this team takes. And so that leads me to my next question, which is away from the draft, but just offseason oriented. Out of the head coaching candidates, we just saw Bruce Cassidy today as we record this on Tuesday. We saw Bruce Cassidy go to the Vegas Golden Knights. He was on my short list. Um, of guys I wanted to see the Red Wings bring in. I understand why I went to Vegas. Not that I ever thought it was a very, you know, high chance that he was going to come here. But is there anyone? Is there anyone that you're necessarily stuck on that you'd love to see uh, behind the bench of the Detroit Red Wings, or do you have somebody that you think might be a little bit of a dark horse? Not really. I I, I think that both Trotz and Cassidy, uh, you know, would have been kind of the best case scenarios where they're they're proven winners uh, that you know they can help fix the team defense. I mean, and you kind of know based on their track record exactly how they're going to do it, what that's going to look like. Um, obviously, Cassidy now off the board, trots. You know, it just doesn't seem that likely that he would, um, with, with the teams available, pick Detroit. So I, I don't think that it'll ultimately be that direction. You know, the easiest guess is to guess that he's going to pull from the Tampa tree, right? Whether that's some an existing assistant from the Tampa bench, Derek Lalonde or Jeff Halpern, or or if he's going to go to the the guy who's running their AHL program, Benoit Gru. Um, and I think any of those would be, you know, pretty reasonable candidates. And, and I think, you know, he's talked about liking familiarity, not trying to have it color his whole search. I, I think that's relevant. Um, but I also think, you know, it's, I, I would not, there's nothing he's going to do. that's going to shock me, but I, I think the, the thing that would surprise me the least, um, is just pulling from the Tampa tree. Cause it's, it's what he knows. And in a lot of cases he's hired those people once already to the, to those jobs. Exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it's a little peek behind the curtain, uh, folks, before we even started, I, I, I was talking to Max off the air about how, like, even though I want trots and I want Cassidy, like same, same as you, they're the best two fits. They're the guys who have the best proven track record. I have this gut feeling. I really do that. It's going to end up being Derek Lalonde of Tampa Bay. It was one of Stevie's last hires in Tampa before he stepped down as their general manager. And, you know, like you said, that familiarity, that success in Tampa, it just seems to make sense. What do you feel, though? And I got, I got to gauge you on this. So Bet Online posted their odds for head coach uh, last week, and Scotty and I talked about it. With plus 3,300 odds, Bet Online had listed as the next head coach, and he was like 10th on the list. He wasn't high. Patrick Waugh. I mean, Patrick Law has been coaching the Quebec Ramparts and the QMJHL. That's a good team. I mean, I, I realize it would be uh, in terms of the um, optics. <laughs> yeah, in terms of the history, the rivalry, all that, like that obviously would be kind of wild to see. But I'm he's not making this hire based on old, old rivalries, right? Like whoever he hires his coaches because he thinks that that team is going to for that, that coach, sorry, is going to help the Red Wings. And, um, you know, Patrick Waugh has been coaching a, a really good QMJHL team. I don't think it's crazy to see him in that picture. Would it be my first guess? No, but those are pretty long odds anyway, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they there, was are. A, there was a very pragmatic and professional a- answer, Max. I was trying <laughs> to get under your skin a little bit there with that question, and you just took it like a pro. 
Well, I, it's, I commend it's, you for that one. I think it's a legitimate option. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, what was crazy to me, too, is when we were talking about it, is they didn't even list. And not that Scotty and I want John Tortorella. We're both kind of like stay away from that. But they, Tortorella wasn't given any odds on that list. Pat, the fact that Patrick Wad had better odds than Tortorella kind of surprised me. Although I know Tortorella has I, I, mild success with Columbus when he was there. I mean, they made the playoffs. They, they won their first ever playoff round when he was there. But I... That was a little wild to me that a coach that hasn't coached in the NHL in a few years had better odds than a guy who's been guess technically Tortorella hasn't in a couple of years either. But with Patrick Watt, it's been like what five years at least since he's been in the league. It's been quite a minute. So I we were of the belief that when we saw it, it was like, oh, they're just trying to get a reaction from Red Wings fans so it spreads on social media. Well, you know what, Iserman's two coaching hires in Tampa were Guy Boucher and John Cooper, and, and neither of them were. Uh, I don't think either of them had any NHL coach. No, they didn't. Uh, You're spot on that time. So, you know, it's not, it wouldn't be bucking a trend for him to, I mean, obviously junior league's a little different than the AHL, but Wah has, has coached in the NHL before. Yep. So Colorado and he won a Jack Adams there too, right? Uh, I don't know about that, but um, it, I don't, I don't know. I, I wasn't, I wasn't uh, following the league that closely at that time, but I, I do know he coached in the NHL. Me. Yeah. But yeah, the, uh, well, uh, I mean, the other thing with that, but online list too, they they had Sergey at at like the highest odds, the most likely. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's like another one, right? Like it sounds like you're you're going down this like instigative thing, but it, uh, you know, to like, oh, okay, yeah, it's gonna be Fedorov. Okay, sure, but For Fedorov sure. just won the KHL as head coach. Like that's some yeah. people will tell you that that's the second or third best league in the world. And For he sure. was the head coach of the winning team there. So it might seem like, like they're trying to instigate, but you know, it's, I don't think it's an unreasonable option. Eiserman's hired a lot of people that he played with to, to various, very important. Oh jobs. yeah. We just saw Nicholas Lidstrom this past year. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, Chris Draper was the director of amateur. Draper, yeah. Pat Verbeek was the assistant GM. Like it's, it's, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be shocking to me in any way. It, you know, maybe, maybe not. The, I wouldn't put it the most likely odds. Right. That's I what we wouldn't said. Wouldn't put too, it that far down the board. I'd put it, frankly, probably above Patrick Waugh. Um, the. I got nervous. but in 2013, 2014. Um, but one last question before we let you go. There's rumors circulating that David Pasternak may want out of Boston and that Alex Dabrinkit of Chicago, they might move on from him as they try and move into a full-scale rebuild. Are those, do you think, obviously Red Wings fans would love to have them. They're 40-goal scorers. Um, I believe Pasternak run the Richard a couple years ago as well. These guys are legitimate scoring threats. But do you think that it is in the cards for the Red Wings to make that type of aggressive move at this point in the rebuild? No, I don't think that, you know, the Red Wings are in a position yet to trade the kind of assets it would take to get either of those two guys. Um, to say nothing of the fact that both of them are wingers, just like we talked about, right? Like if you're going to spend your premium assets, spend them on centers and defensemen. Um, Alex Brink is a hell of a player. and he's, he's scored a lot of goals in the NHL and he's going to continue to. But for what I assume it's going to cost to pry a guy like that away from Chicago, you're going to have to give up really meaningful you're not like eighth overall i don't think would get it done like you're already packaging no. eighth overall with another really really good asset yeah. or two but look at what chicago got for brandon hagel right so uh, to me that just doesn't make sense for where the red wings are you're 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 yeah you're filling one hole and you're opening two more so exactly. I, I don't think that makes sense for them 
when we, we we did a whole episode or about two segments of a whole episode on Pasternak, and that's what we said. It's like eighth overall, and then one of your blue chippers, one of your young guys that you want to build your 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 core, your, your team around is is going to cost you for a guy like David Pasternak who's twenty six. It's just it didn't. We we were of the same sentiment where it'd be so, fun, it'd be sexy, but it didn't really seem practical. So, um, anyways, Max, thanks for coming on. This is a yeah, great appreciate talk. You. Uh, thanks for breaking down Marco Casper with us and then entertaining our other hypothetical questions as well. Uh, where can people find you? Where can they read your stuff? The whole shebang. Yeah, no. Well, first of all, thanks for having me on. Um, Absolutely. We, we're on uh, theathletic.com. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at M underscore Boltman. But uh, no, I, I appreciate it. And, and anything people want to want to read or subscribe, uh, we're, we're obviously – Always subscribe to the athletic to. man for real. <laughs> Golly, Golly for real. It's great stuff. Um, and again, seriously, thank you for coming on. Cause, uh, we like having people who are in, in the know. We'll, we'll say in the know when it comes to the Red Wings, just like you, you're, you're really as much as anyone can be, be, you know what I Not, mean? Like, yeah, for real, to stroke yeah, your yeah, ego too much here, but your, your articles are always spot on. You're really, your presence on Twitter is very accurate. It's just, you know your stuff, so it's always really nice to have somebody like you on and help us break down. Somebody like Marco Casper, who, you know, covering the Red Wings and doing a 30-minute podcast every day, we haven't gotten to see a whole bunch of. So oh, we, yeah. we appreciate you coming on and doing that with us. My pleasure. Check out the video. I mean, uh, these guys are all interesting players, and there's good stuff out there uh, that you can find to, to kind of see their games. So, But it's my pleasure, and uh, we'll talk to you both soon. Awesome. Sounds great. Uh, thanks for being Locked On Red Wings. Your first listen every single day. Now make your second listen to Locked On NHL. Locked On NHL covers the playoffs like no other. Hear the latest news and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday. It is free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Scotty and I will be back with you guys tomorrow for a Thursday edition. As again, I have to like think in my head, like, what day is it? It's this week's been a blur for me. Uh, but regardless, same time, same place. It's your team every day. Every day. <laughs>